taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC buds and budettes. Yes, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars. And uh, today we have uh, a frequent guest, a venerable guest, I should say, which makes him sound old, but he's much younger than I am. Uh, this would be Tim Ash, the world's leading authority on what used to be called conversion rate optimization and will soon be known as something else, as uh, Tim will explain. Tim is the CEO of SiteTuners and uh, the empresario and founder of what used to be called the Conversion Conference, but Tim will explain what that's morphing into, and prolific writer, great, great, great keynote speaker, and a good friend, Tim Ash. So, welcome, Tim. Oh, thank you, David. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on again. So, um, we spent a couple of minutes talking about the direction you're taking uh, all all of your endeavors. Um, Why don't we set it up by your describing what's going to happen with Conversion Conference? Well, I'd like to maybe start with um, the need or the problem I see with the Good. conversion rate optimization industry as a whole. Absolutely. I, I see it as a kind of a mixed bag. Uh, the great news is a lot of people have gotten the religion. They're all about split testing, improving web experiences, and increasingly they're dedicated people inside of especially larger companies whose only job is optimization as opposed to driving traffic or email marketing or other responsibilities. So that's great news. Um, the danger that I'm seeing is that people are kind of equating optimization with the activity of split testing. And it's just all about testing velocity, how many tests can we crank out, uh, everything has to be measurable, but the only tool in the toolbox is testing. Uh, and that disturbs me because I'm afraid that we'll get marginalized. That makes a lot of sense and um, words that uh, PPC managers should heed. So um, how will the conversion conference change um, in in light of what you just said? Well, uh, as you know, I've run conversion conference since 2010. We just finished up our 2017 Las Vegas show for the U.S., uh, had about 28 events, thousands, several thousand people over the years from about almost 40 countries. So it's it's really been a great home for the conversion rate optimization industry. All I'm trying to do is to make that home a little bit bigger and more expansive. So starting next year in this, uh, well, our European shows this fall of 2017 and next May in Las Vegas, we're going to reposition the conversion conference as digital growth unleashed because my view of it just from the work we do with clients is that really conversion rate optimization should be more like uh, akin to business acceleration you should be going through all parts of the business and trying to optimize it so it has to be the whole customer journey from how you get traffic to uh, conversion on the site to what happens after the conversion and so on and the marketing technology to make it all happen. To me, that's proper conversion rate optimization and I want to capture that more powerful vision of it. And you'll have to write a book about it because you're, you're 
excellent book, um, which, which is the Bible for conversion rate optimization now, is called Landing Page Optimization. And uh, what you're talking about makes much more, well, has it now makes much more sense. Um, well, it's funny you should say that. I am writing a new book, but it's not on this expansive vision of conversion rate optimization, which is what SiteTuners, my agency, does. But uh, it's rather about uh, neuromarketing and behavioral economics, and it's called Unlocking the Primal Brain, a field guide for modern marketers. Nice. So let's see. In, in my limited uh, imagination of uh, your repositioning, uh, one thing that um, jumps out at me is that um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of expertise or wealth of resources for uh, shopping process optimization. In other words, yeah. uh, I've had client after client that uh, has horrible user experience in their shopping process, and uh, it's really tough to find uh, experts and, and uh, blog posts, et cetera, that can help with uh, optimizing them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Actually, our agency focus at SiteTuners is mid-size e-commerce businesses and driving their growth. So very much in in, uh, in that mode of understanding them. We have, um, again, I think we have to kind of look beyond the web experience. Yes, you should get rid of that banner on your homepage and your cluttered information architecture and your clunky checkout needs to be fixed. All of those hygiene things need to happen. But what if the real leverage in your business is what you do with your call center, for example. We had one client, we made several million dollars for them a year by just going and training their customer service reps to ask for the sale when right. they're assisting web customers. Nice. Uh, what if it's about marketing and very targeted follow-up sequences to people once they've expressed an interest in something? Uh, or it could be changing your business model and your pricing strategy or the backstory of your business or creating videos to demonstrate which of the products in your product category I should select and why. It could be a number of things. And most of them, again, are outside of that typical sandbox of optimize my web page. Right. You know, um, another thing that this is making me remember is that at one point the uh, imminent proce uh, promise was that personalized user experience or, or was going to revolutionize e-commerce, for example. And I just haven't seen that ubiqui ubiquitously, which surprises me because the technology's been there for, for years. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so I'm kind of of two minds about it. I think the first step is to make sure you have a, a decent average, if you will, experience for desktop and especially for mobile. Absolutely. And your, and your mobile experience really needs to be a separate one. It can't just be a uh, squashed or you know, version of your desktop experience where everything becomes one column. Um, once you're done with that, there, you're absolutely right. There's several um, personalization platforms that just overlay on top of whatever you're using and allow you to do some very sophisticated things. Um, and we've seen great success with that. So the way to think about that is a small percentage of your visitors will be much better off with personalization. I mean, it's up to you to think of uh, what segments to apply that to you. For example, returning visitors to your homepage should see recently viewed items. We've seen that double the conversion rate for those folks. Uh, or upsells at your product detail um, page might be able to 
raise your conversion rate by a few percent. So -hmm. that's an example of a smaller improvement, but across a wide range of people. Or sometimes you can have very large improvements in very narrow segments. So um, just run us through an example of uh, personalization as it would pertain to a visitor who came in through through a PPC ad. Uh, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing to do is not to dump them right into your product category uh, page and use the left-hand column filtering to figure out which of our billions of products you want. Um, one of the things we've seen great success with is let us help you find the right blank, where blank is your product category. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Uh, Those words explicitly. Them, yes. Let us help you find. And then where you take them to is not this kind of uh, in the raw experience of all the products you have, but rather a wizard that guides them to their choice. Yes. Uh, we've become real fans of that recently. And the wizard isn't just about filtering on the product features. It's about more about their situation. Um, are you in this role or in this role? Do you prefer this or this? And when they've answered three or four simple two- to four-way questions, you can then recommend a manageable set of products. Uh, we think of it as kind of a best, better, and good. Show them no more than three different options. Yeah. And, and then when they're not overwhelmed by choice and they feel that that selection has been customized by them and for them, they're much more likely to buy Right. How about um, things like echoing the search term on the landing page and uh, referring to the visitor by name when you know that? If it's um, with the e-commerce scenario, the only way you're going to know a visitor's name is if they're a customer already. And that's a pretty small percentage of people. Absolutely, you should always welcome back return visitors. Um, but again, I think for most businesses, unless it's a consumable item and they keep coming back, you're, they're not going to be that many return visitors. Yeah. You said about personalizing and kind of dovetailing to the pay-per-click ad, uh, that's absolutely critical. Uh, in fact, doing that not just on pay-per-click, but also on retargeting. Don't general retargeting pixel on them, but make that retargeting ad that's ghosting them all over the internet be specific to their product category or products they've seen. Uh, that's gotcha. much more targeted. Hey, Tim, speaking of ghosting, we have some spooky good <laughs> messages from our sponsors <laughs> right now. So don't go away, anybody. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Tim Ash talking about um, a kind of new way to look at uh, conversion. Let's not even put the word rate in there, conversion optimization. Um, let, let's continue with the, the assumption that the, uh, the visitor journey starts with clicking on a PPC ad. Uh, I think you started to talk about something that's essential, and I can't remember whether it's your book or not, that talks about the necessity for the ad to make a promise and the page that's landed on immediately after that, um, at least hinting at the fact that their promise can be uh, fulfilled. Oh, well, it's it's absolutely, that's one of the seven deadly sins that I describe for most web pages and landing pages, and that is uh, not keeping your promises. So you have, they don't just teleport onto a product detail page uh, like they do on Star Trek or something. They came from somewhere, from your PPC ad. They had a certain intention in mind, and you made, in effect, a contract or a promise in your ad. You promised them something, and that's why they clicked on it. So if that message isn't front and center, and if that landing page isn't that topic with a clear way to move forward, you're really missing the boat. So you can't do bait and switch or bury what they're looking for into some kind of secondary place on the page. The page really needs to be focused on the promise that the ad makes. But Dave, I think that is a, a bigger question here too. Most of the pay-per-click ads, you know, we, we track the ROI on our campaigns obviously, tend to be focused on the bottom of the funnel. If I have a model number in mind or a product name, that's obviously high intention to buy and those words get bid up. But I think the smart e-commerce marketers and just smart digital marketers in general are focusing more on being helpful to someone earlier in the customer journey. Mm, okay. So a lot of the keywords you should be bidding on are more general terms. What's the best kind of? How do I find a... And um, results like that in search engines, there are a lot more people in the earlier discovery stage. And if you can come up with useful content for them, downloadable guides, short videos that educate them, it's kind of assume that they're going to buy from But you get to have the conversation with many more of them and uh, kind of cut the legs out from under your competitors or just trying to bottom feed at the bottom of the funnel. Right. So and that's interesting. Um, when, when I 
give uh, presentations about Google Display Network, uh, I talk about the fact that uh, display ads uh, cannot or do not work well if they ask in their call to action for, for a deep commitment. And rather, one should assume that they're either outside the funnel or at the very top of the funnel. Yeah, the commitment can be as small as watch a video. It could be Action a two-minute video. It could, right. it, or it could be, um, like I said, download something, but you gate that by asking for their email address. Now you've earned the right to communicate with them while all of your bottom-feeding competitors, you know, if they showed up on their site, 99% of them won't buy. Well, you'll never see them again. So it's yeah. actually a smart way to spend your money to to think what content can I create for people earlier in the customer journey, even if they don't buy today. So um, give us a few tidbits on the shopping process. Um, and I think I've asked you in shows before, but this one really bugs me. And that is, um, how do you feel about opportunities to navigate away from the shopping process? Well, I think it's uh, important that... Um, once somebody selected something, that you keep them on track. So I call that the torpedo tube. If they go in one end, there's only one other end that to come out of. <laughs> so it's a linear process, and you shouldn't still have all of your navigation and product categories across the top or on the left-hand side. Like keep them focused on opening their wallet. And if they're yep. ready to check out, please get out of their way and let them give you their money. Yep. Uh, so absolutely, you should focus on that. Um, the the tough thing is is if they're not there to buy just one thing, if yeah. there's multiple items they need to buy to actually get full benefit from, from your products or service. Yep. So in that case, you might want to return them to the shopping process. Uh, but for many businesses, even though it's technically possible they'll buy two or more items, 95% of the time they're probably there to buy just the one item. Mm -hmm. Yep, and why contort the process to... Um, accommodate that other 5%. I'll give you an example. Pro Flowers had a very high conversion rate, and one of the things that they had many years ago as an innovation is they didn't. They got dismissed the whole notion of a shopping cart. You're there to buy flowers. Right. Pay the flowers, pay for them. Done. There's no <laughs> cart. There's no proceed to checkout. It's like, wow. I want to buy it now. Uh, and in many businesses, you can actually pretty much make that assumption. Wow. That's radical. <laughs> Why is that so radical? It's so simple. So, um, okay, more more about um, the shopping process. Um, I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but how about uh, the location and, and action of the, a coupon code opportunity? Mm, that's a great question. Normally in the checkout process, what I see, and I, when I say normally, I mean commonly, not optimally, uh -huh. uh, is that there? It's a, you're in the middle of a process giving you the amount, and then it says, have a discount code, put it in this in the form field. Right. Well, what you're just doing is you're sending them off to a coupon site to look for discounts. And once they're on that coupon site, they're also exposed to your competitors' coupons and they just easily one click jump over to them. Yeah. So um, the way you have to look at it is two groups of people those that uh, will always look for a discount code or already have one, and those that wouldn't think of it unless you brought it up. And so our suggestion is since that second group is much larger, is that you somewhere a small text link on that cart page have uh, some a text underlined notation that says have a discount code and that's it with a question mark. If uh -huh. they click on that, it opens up into a discount code input field. Yeah. But otherwise, it stays hidden. In other words, the people that already have a discount code or are prone to use one 
will find that link. They're looking for it. But the rest of them don't even suggest that discounts are possible unless you're a heavily discounted-oriented brand, which is the road to perdition anyway. Right. (laughs) Okay, so um, how do you feel about uh, displaying during the shopping process, like at at Game Steps, uh, a list of products or or reputation People that bought this item often bought these other items. Mm. Uh, Well, there's a lot of these recommendation engines, and typically where you see that is on the product detail page and sometimes in the cart. It says people have bought this, also bought this. So the more general framework I'd like people to think about is the notion of, um, how would you say it? So there's upsells and cross-sells. Sometimes those are used interchangeably, but... Uh, an upsell is to add value to the current one to make it work mm-hmm. better. It's an accessory. Would you like fries with that? Mm-hmm. A cross-sell is to cross-sell them. In other words, to change the base product. Maybe you want the more deluxe version of it. Okay? Yeah. So that, to me, is a cross-sell. So first, you should do the cross-selling. Which base item do you want? And then, as a linear sequence, you should do any number of upsells that are appropriate for that item. But right. I'd actually get in people's face and say, do you want this? Yes or no? Do you want the next up- upsell? Yes or no? And I kind of like GoDaddy does when you check out and <laughs> buy a domain name from them. Right. And uh, that is not really correctly done. It's not really viewed as as rude. It's uh, it's almost close to being a, a wizard for their their shopping journey. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, we if you have a high tech item. And it needs batteries and memory cards. I mean, it's kind of dumb not to try to sell those accessories and upsell them once you buy the base product. So you should always have that as part of your upsell. When you add it to cart, it should be asking you, oh, do you want fries with that? Right. Hey, listen, right. Speak, speaking of fries, uh, I have nothing to follow up on. We do have some speaker messages. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sponsor <laughs> messages. So uh, please stay with us, Tim and audience. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. 
at Fjorge. Our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back in the home stretch with Tim Ash. And we've been talking uh, and gotten some great uh, information about shopping and shopping process. Um, let's switch to B2B. And uh, the first question I have is um, Do you have any data or strong feelings about? Uh, Short form pages versus long form for B two B. Well, B two B is a very broad category of services. Yeah. And I think what it really uh, goes to is how big is the decision? Essentially, how much money is involved? How much risk is involved? Um, because you have to in B two B, you have two audiences. You have kind of the objective: will it meet the requirements of the company? Kind of stuff, and that's what requests for a proposal or other risk avoidance mechanisms are for. And then there's the individual needs you'll have to address of the buyer. And those are much more personal. Basically, will I get fired if I screw this up? Everyone in the B2B buying space has those individual fears as well. So the B2B sale is more complicated and there's much more at stake for both the company and the person making the decision. So typically it requires a lot of hand-holding and you shouldn't push for the close. You should educate, you should mitigate risk, you should show examples of it working in similar situations through testimonials and case studies. Um, And so you should count on it being a multi-step process and you have to do these little micro-conversions along the way to get them to consume your supporting content and to advance down the funnel. Absolutely sensible. Hey, our, our mutual friend Brad Geddes uh, had, a, had a kind of a nefarious idea, which was um, for B2B clients where the call to action is to download a white paper, uh, don't even ask for personal information uh, before allowing them to download the white paper, and rather ask for that information via some embedded form or link in the white paper. So, well, I, I'll, I'll go you one better. So you need a okay. kind of a general strategy for what content or information to gate behind, you know, forms and other asks. And though generally you can think of it as kind of an upside down U shape. At the beginning of the process, don't ask for anything because you haven't established any relationship with me. Right. At the end of the process, when I'm ready to act, again, get out of my way. Don't ask me for any other information. And in the middle, where you're trying to customize it for me or I'm trying to personalize it for myself, then you have the right to ask for information. Yeah. Uh, so I agree. Early stage stuff should often be ungated. If you want me to download something, don't even ask for the email in many cases because the call to action should be embedded in the white paper. And if that's being shared around and the last page of it is the next step in the process that takes you to a landing page that then asks for your email at the appropriate time through progressive disclosure, if you will, uh, that's the right strategy. Right. That reminds me of the, the uh, client I have right now <clears throat> who's getting too many appropriate leads. And um, would it make sense to create a wizard-like experience that would uh, eliminate some potential 
prospects? Absolutely. I, I was just uh, speaking, keynoting at the content marketing conference in Boston recently, and uh, there was a, a great session on, on copywriting. And one of the things they said is that your messaging, your tone of voice, uh, your positioning should include the people you want to talk to and actually repel the people you don't want to talk to. Uh-huh. So you shouldn't be everything to all people. You should make it clear, we specialize in this. And if you're not this, go away. Uh, or if you have other business relationships, you can perhaps capture the value of those by sending them somewhere else mm-hmm. uh, through an affiliate link or some other form of relationship. So you get some value out of them. Hey, um, we are almost out of time. I want to make sure that people uh, can contact you if if you would like that. Um, what's, what are the best ways for people to reach you? Well, if you're interested in, uh, in having a growth partner for your mid-size e-commerce business, that's our our sweet spot at SiteTuners, just go to SiteTuners.com. And I would strongly suggest that everybody check out Digital Growth Unleashed. It's in Las Vegas at the luxurious Mandalay Bay, May 16th and 17th, 2018. Wow. Uh, we have some pretty low pre-agenda pricing, but I promise you it's going to be one heck of a show. Uh, so hope is to there see a, that. Is there a site for that? DigitalGrowthUnleashed.com. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, any last words? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, I just want to leave everyone with the idea that uh, optimization is not just testing button colors or your hypothesis or confidence intervals. It's really about thinking about where are the levers in your business and going outside of the typical digital marketing ghetto or sandbox and asking questions about the economics of the business about the offer, the products and services being sold, the processes by which you sell. All of that stuff's up for discussion if you really want to make your business hum. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Tim, thanks a lot. Um, always a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to continuing our conversation, uh, either with or without uh, comestibles be, time, be in front of us. <laughs> uh, well, uh, David, uh, very much enjoy our conversations. Uh, would love to be back sometime. You, you shall. Okay. Thanks, Tim. And thank you, listeners, for hanging with us. Uh, come back in about two weeks for another episode of EPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 